worker. Father, you're the keeper of promises. Lord, we thank you that you chose to give to give unto us promises. And that you watch over them, Father, to be faithful to keep them. Father, you've never reneged and never changed your mind. You promised that you are our healer. Father, that you watch over that to perform your word. To make sure that you are our healer. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for healing our bodies. Thank you for providing us lives that are free from sickness and disease. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, your goodness, and kindness and mercy. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Yes, ma'am. Sure. God. Well, when we were singing that song, you know, we were singing the Waymaker, and it just kind of rose up in me. Well, how does he make a way? He said he makes a way when we use the name of Jesus. Amen. And, uh, you know, the way is always there, but until we, until we speak to the mountain, it, it'll just stay in the way. You know, he needs to make a way, but it's, it's us who release the power for him to make that way. And, you know, the church, uh, not so much in our circles, but the church as a whole, they really have a hard time with appreciating or understanding the the established the way that the lord established the church his intention was that he has empowered the church with the authority to execute his will in the earth and that's we are his representatives uh, both in our own lives and in the lives of those around us uh, and if we choose not to do our job which we often choose not to for whatever reason he he is not obligated to do our job for us Amen. and so if we don't speak to jesus said whosoever shall say unto this mountain he didn't say, if you say to the mountain, be removed and be the cast in the sea. But if you don't feel like it, I'll get around to it eventually. He never said that. He said, you speak to the mountain. I'll do the removing, but you release the authority in the earth, and I'll back it up with my name and the power of my name. Uh, and um, that's, our, that's our responsibility. That, that's, the, that's the agreement that he made with the church, going to all the world, yeah. carry my name and my, and my power through all the world. And if you don't do it, he's not going to do it. For the most part, you know, he may on occasion... 
uh, on a rare occasion, move sovereignly, but for the most part, it's the covenant agreement that we have with the Lord, that we do our part, he does his part. And if we do our part and use the name of Jesus, he will make the way. Uh, but a lot of times we, we you know, we're, we just hope that God makes, his, makes our way for us. And, and it's not, that's not really the way he intended it to be. He intended that we speak the name of Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and, and when he said, speak to the mountain, he didn't say speak to the mountain and just see if it works. You know, a lot of people, I tried it, it doesn't work. Well, you, you weren't doing it by faith. You were doing it in natural hope. Just throwing, rolling the dice, you know, let's see if it works this time. Uh, no, uh, you know, for me, if I speak the name of Jesus and it doesn't change, uh, I start getting riled up. No, you will change, you know, uh, and, and I'm not going to move until it changes. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to give it up. Go, well, I tried. It didn't work. You know, uh, I remember one minister, minister in our circles, you know, I won't name the name, but they said, when God decided not to heal my wife, then we went to the doctor. Mm. See, that's a terrible thing to say. The correct thing to say was when we couldn't find faith in our hearts to yield to what God has already promised me, then uh, we took our lack of faith and went to the natural doctor. Now, that's when a more, more accurate, although it makes you look bad statement, right? So we don't want to make ourselves look bad. So we don't have any problem making the Lord himself, who never lies, make him look bad by saying he didn't do what he said he's going to do. And we, well, we wrap it up in nice, polite sounding words. But when God decided not to heal my wife, it just, that just, I mean, it's still just saying those words riles me up. God decided in heaven. Uh, yeah, your wife that's been with you for 50 years. I just don't want to heal her. You know, I want her, I want you to be alone now the rest of your life. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to murder her and take her onto heaven. I, you know, the, the, the God I serve doesn't act like that, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, don't, don't you tell me that God decided not to, uh, God decided not to heal you. Um, you know, it's, uh, um, uh, especially, it seems like healing, it seems like the church gets away with so much more bad doctrine than almost any other topic of the Word of God. We say, well, God, you know, I mean, even in, even in people that write books, I mean, you know, we've, we've had to correct a few things from uh, Dr. Yeomans, and I mean, the only book we've not had to correct was uh, Brother, Brother Hagen, and there was actually one thing we did correct, but I don't think he said it because, you know, he never wrote his own books, right? He had editors that wrote his books, and I think that was a uh, an editor slide in one of his thoughts because I've never heard him say that. And I don't remember. It wasn't even a major thing, but I've never heard him say that particular thing before. But, you know, sometimes God just doesn't heal something to that effect. And so, of course, we always correct that because they never have book, chapter, and verse for it. They only have experiences. Well, I'm, it didn't work for me one time, so God must not always heal. Well, I didn't know that you were the word of God. I didn't know that you were the one who decides whether the word of God is correct or not. Are we the ones who go, well, yeah, this verse right here, it's so, but this verse right here, it ain't so. Uh, is that our job? Is it, is it our responsibility to edit the Word of God? Uh, and um, it's like the little girl came into church one day. She had the front cover of her Bible and the back cover of her Bible. And the pastor's like, well, well honey, how come you just got the front cover and the back cover of your Bible? She said, well, every time you said something wasn't so, I just ripped it out of my Bible, and that's all that's left. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people that, that way, right? I mean, they get down to, once you take it all out, well, you know, God doesn't, no, not everybody's going to get saved. God doesn't want everybody to just get saved or ripped out, you know, uh, all of the uh, book of Romans pretty much, you know. First uh, Timothy, several verses there. Uh, Peter, you know. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes uh, um, I, I would be terrified to, to start deciding that God doesn't do what he says he's going to do to say those words. You know, I mean, it's like back-talking your mama. You know, I can't imagine, you know, saying that uh, about the Lord whom I know. Amen. And sometimes I wonder about these people who say things like that. Do you, have you ever met him? Have you ever met the Lord? 
If you've ever met him, you'd know he's not the kind of person that, I mean, he literally says, I'm not a man that I would lie. And if he says, uh, I'm going to heal you, but then he chooses not to heal you, uh, that's basically a lie, right? I'm going to do this. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you lied. You know, you said you were. Now you changed your mind. Well, I changed my mind. It's not changing your mind. You lied, right? Uh, and so, it, uh, but as he changed his mind, I mean, for him to change his mind, he would have to change. And I think the Bible says in multiple places, the Lord he, is the same. He changes not. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, the, these things, uh, and by the way, welcome to healing school, right? Uh, <laughs> in, in my heart, these things are not difficult to understand. The, the healing power of God is not difficult to understand. And it's even not even difficult to obtain. It's uh, how, how willing are you to be unyielding in believing that what the Lord said, that he'll do that. So if you're willing to be unyielding in that, you will always obtain healing. Amen. Uh, if you just flat, uh, just, you know, if there's uh, what, what the word said about uh, uh, Abraham in Romans chapter 4, uh, that he staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith staggered not so you see a lot of times people uh hear the promise of god and they'll stagger well that's that's so well maybe it ain't so you know and so they start waffling right that's staggering right they start well maybe maybe it's not so for me that's staggering at the promise of god when the lord told abraham he was going to have a child i'm going to have a child and how long did he wait anybody anybody remember how long it was from the time the promise to the time what's that long time it was 20, 25 years, wasn't it? He was 75 years old when the promise was made. He was 100 years old when he had a child, right? Um, and so that's a long time. Do you got any promises you're waiting 25 years to receive yet? Uh, and so it's a, it's a long time, amen? And he staggered not. Noah uh, built the ark. took him 100 years to build the ark. He staggered not at the promise. It's going to rain, okay. You know, how many people uh, nowadays would have built the frame and they put the keel up and go... You know, he's probably not coming. It's been 20 years. Well, I've started building this boat. And, you know, they, they put the first floor in, you know. Nah, you know, eh, maybe he's really not coming. They'll leave a boat half finished, right? Uh, don't put the roof on or don't put the tar or the pitch on the outside of it. And, you know, I mean, I thought he was, but maybe he's not really going to come after all. And then, and then first come rains, first drop of rain, it's too late to start then, right? It's too late to pick it up and, and, um, uh, and try to get caught up, Amen. So the Lord decides to heal, amen? How, uh, in, in, in how many cases is it the will of God to heal the sick? All cases. All cases. Has there ever been a case in the, in the history of humanity where, where God on his side looked down and said, you know, everything's fine, I just don't want to heal him? No, there's never been a case where he's looked down and go, I choose, uh, although I could, I just don't want to. That has never happened. And yet, how many people have said those exact words? Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're really saying those words as a way to cover up their own lack of faith. And, you know, it's not about beating people up because, you know, God's ideal is that, that we, just with the word of God and our faith, can obtain healing. That's God's best. But he's also provided us the, the laying out of hands, the anointing with oil, the, the, uh, the prayer cloths, the gifts of, of healing. He's provided us many ways that we can obtain healing without having to have perfect faith. Amen. He's even provided natural means in the, in the, in the medical world uh, as a, I believe as a mercy that we can obtain healing uh, without faith, right? Uh, because he's, he's, he's good to us. He gives doctors and uh, uh, researchers wisdom and insight about how the, how the body works. And they still, 
you know, they call it practicing medicine for a reason because they still haven't got everything figured out. Uh, so the Lord's merciful. It's not that he expects you to be, you know, perfect in your faith all, all of, uh, uh, as soon as you get out of from being a, uh, a baby Christian, right? Uh, you get saved one day and then the next day he expects you to have a PhD in faith. That's not his expectation. He does expect you to grow in faith and that, that sometimes is the issue with many people of faith that you go to a faith church for 50 years and you still can't believe God for a toe ache. Well, what have you been doing for 50 years? And, and you know, the, the ministers, especially in the healing uh, revival that, that uh, occurred from 1947 to 1958, they always said, we're never so glad as when all the Pentecostals get through the line. These are the hardest people to get, get healed because they don't believe. You know, they're just hoping that the, the ministers got it because they ain't got it. But they go to a Pentecostal church. Who should be the most uh, aware of the healing power of God? Those who go to a healing power of God kind of church, right? Uh, and yet the Pentecostals, who are supposed to be the carriers and, and the protectors of the faith of God in that area, especially uh, in, all, in, in general and all the moves of God, we really dropped the ball, hadn't we, uh, as a whole? Amen. We should be the happiest, most faithful, most uh, healed, most sound mind group of Christians in all of Christendom, right? Uh, uh, and yet many times it's a race to the bottom. Oh, you feel bad. Oh, you think you feel bad. I feel twice as bad as you do. Uh, and so, um, and, that, and that's not to beat up on people and to, and to condemn people for, for uh, issues they have. You know, I've got no problem that, uh, of people going to the doctor, but, you know, you at least admit to what the deal is, right? I'm, I mean, there was one time when I had a sinus infection. I didn't know what it was. And um, I had a sore throat, scratchy throat for about six months. So I was a little slow getting around to doing something about it, right? Uh, and, and finally I said, well, Lord, you know, I'm just, I'm just not able to uh, uh, get my faith to overcome this, you know, and I don't know why, you know, sometimes the Lord shows you, uh, and I didn't have any particular unction about, uh, you know, was there open sin, or was there something I misunderstood, there, there had been other times when he had done those things, so I just went to the doctor and said, hey, you know, I don't know what this is, and, uh, and uh, you know, he poked and prodded and said, well, let's do an MRI, and, and um, uh, he said, I don't think it's that, but let's, we'll do an MRI anyway, and he came back, and he showed me the, the picture, it looks like kind of an x-ray, and he said, this is your sinus cavity. He said, right now it's 100% filled with infection. He said, I don't know, even know how you're walking around. Uh, he said, you're going to have to have surgery. Uh, but, you know, we can't schedule it right now. So I'm going to send you home with this, this uh, system that will flush out your sinuses. And you do that for six weeks, come back and see me, and then we'll schedule your surgery. Uh, and, and so, well, now I have a name. Now I know what it is, you know, I mean, why, why do you get a sore throat when you've got a sinus infection? I don't know. You know, I know, you know, the knee bones connected to ankle bones all connected in there somewhere. Right. But uh, uh, and so but I had a name I had a, I, and I know that, I, that I, I have a name that's above every name. So I, I knew it was a sinus infection. So I just went home. And I did what the doctor said. I did the little procedure there. But uh, every day when I do it, Lord, I'm the healed of God. You know, this is going to do exactly what it's supposed to do. See, I can still apply faith, even if it's in the natural realm, I can apply faith to that uh, because I, I didn't have enough faith to overcome it before for whatever reason. And I don't, and I don't really care. I don't, I, don't, I don't lose any sleep over it. I don't beat myself over it. It's just that is where I was at that point in time. Uh, and so uh, after six weeks, I went back to the doctor and he, well, let's do another MRI. We'll confirm it and, and, uh, and then we'll schedule your, your surgery. And he came back and he said these words. He said, you're healed. He said, that's really odd, you know, and... Uh, uh, then you don't need any surgery. Your sinuses are completely fine. And about two months after that, 
that exact same symptom came on me. The scratchiness, you know, and the sore throat, the exact same symptoms because I've been dealing with it, you know, for, for nearly a year by that time. And, but see, now I knew what it was. So I used the name of Jesus. I said, no, you, I, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm not having these symptoms. Uh, and they just, they just faded away. Just faded, and never had a problem since then. And so, um, you know, it, it's not about that we have to be perfect in every single thing. Amen. But what we need to be perfect in is, is our understanding from God's side what his desire is. And if we'll understand that, then, then we have some room to grow. If, if we think, well, I'm perfect, but God has decided not to heal me, so I'm stuck, then there's no room for us to grow. There's no room for us to improve. There's no room for us to find, well, maybe it's my lack of understanding. Maybe it's my confession. You know, maybe your confession is perfect in every area except for that one thing. You know, uh, well, uh, I, I usually feel pretty good, but, you know, come around November, it starts getting cold, you know, my, all, all my joints start aching, you know, and and it happens all the time, you know, and, and it's not a confession, but it sounds like a confession to me. Your confession is what you're, what are you predicting for the future? That's your confession. Amen. Not, I, not, I, I am the healed of God, but uh, come November, I'm going to be the sick of the world. Amen. That's a confession. Some people have a hard time saying, well, this is what's going on in my body right now. That's not a confession. That's just a statement. Amen. Your confession is what you use to change the future to line up with the word of God. Uh, and so. So, you know, these things, uh, especially, of course, you know, it's easy to say that having taught, you know, hundreds of, of uh, healing school classes, right, uh, that these things are pretty easy. Uh, but uh, the thing that I have found in my own personal studies of the Word of God in every topic, the more I study and over the years, the, 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 the more I read, the more I study, the more I meditate, the simpler the Word of God becomes. It, it doesn't, it's not like well, now that I've studied for 40 years, I've got this really super complicated doctrine that, that only I could explain because I've studied for 40 years. It's like the exact opposite. The more that you study the Word of God, the simpler it becomes. God wants to heal every single time without exception. Is that a simple statement? That's as simple as you can get. Uh, it's complicated. Well, God wants to heal you. Well, most of the time, but sometimes, you know, He just doesn't want to, right? And, and you don't really know when. That's complicated. Well, how do you find out? Well, you've got to go into prayer, get some intercession, you know, maybe, you know, uh, go, go do some fasting and, and maybe God will show you why he just decides. Well, that's complicated. That's complicated doctrine. Simple doctrine is God loves you. He wants to heal you every single time. And there's never been an exception. Uh, and, and that right there will make a lot of people mad, you know. Uh, and it, historically, it has made a lot of even Pentecostal ministers upset when, when you make such a bold statement that God wants to heal every, every single time without exception. And in my heart, that's not even a bold statement. You know, it's not even a statement that requires a lot of, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of uh, um, preparation to say that, well, we're going to say something really big, a really big statement right here, so I'll just hang on and, and we'll see if we can get enough boldness to say it. And this is not, this is a basic understanding of who God is, amen? Uh, and so let's turn back to the book of Genesis and uh, we're continuing on in this, in this uh, chapter of uh, Lillian B. Yeoman's book, uh, and so she's talking about the human body and how the Lord created us, and, and so she said here in uh, Genesis chapter 1, um, in verse 31, it's, and it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So God made everything, and he called it very good. Uh, and so... <clears throat> You know, the, the, a, a valid question was, 
uh, or is, if it was very good, how much sickness and disease was in the earth at that point in time? Has there ever been any, any sickness and disease? And people go, yeah, that, that's a good thing, right? You know, COVID-19, that's a good thing, right? No, no, nobody, no sane person makes a statement like that. Uh, and so uh, all of the creation uh, that God had completed uh, here in Genesis chapter 1, and then, of course, the Lord gave man dominion over all of his works. Uh, and, and then he said it was very good. So uh, if that's the case, then at this point in time, in Genesis chapter 1, there, there surely was not any sickness or disease. Every animal was free from sickness and disease. Adam and Eve was, was free from sickness and disease. Uh, and, uh, you know, you look at the things that, that we don't have a lot of details, but one of the details that we have of Adam that he did was uh, the Lord brought him uh, every animal of the earth in front of him and, and asked him to name them. Well, why don't you name it, Lord? Well, you, you're going to name him Adam because you're in charge of this earth right now. And so, can you imagine having to name all the animals? Can you imagine how exhausting that'd be after a while? It's just like, I don't, just mammal number three, mammal number four. Mammal, I mean, that's what it'd be, right? You know, uh, and we'd start coming with a numbering system. Mammal 258, right? Uh, I always thought if we had, uh, you know, like, like twins, I'd just name them first or second Timothy. Just, you know, make it easy, right? Instead of, instead of having to count, have two separate names, right? And then if you had triplets, right, you could name them first, second, and third John, right? Uh, and so... Uh, but um, see, that's what I would do, right? If I was making creation, I'd make one tree. Okay, that's good. Make them all the same, right? Uh, rinse and repeat. Uh, but is that the way the Lord is? No. Uh, why, why does he have to have so many different animals? Because he's a Lord. He likes, he likes variety. You know, he likes, you know, he likes a, a, a difference of things, amen? And he made them in, in a wide and, and varied manner uh, because that's the kind of God he is, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so she asks, you know, the question... So why is there so much sickness uh, today? Uh, and, and she said, it's rare that you could see anyone of age not to have something wrong with them. Uh, and, you know, that's the reality. That's not God's best, obviously, but that is the reality. Uh, and that's true in the church and out of the church, amen, for the most part. Now, around here, I think we're above average, right? Uh, but um, if you go to just your average church uh, where you've got some folks that, that they're getting on an age, uh, they're, they're not really free from any sickness and disease that the world, that the world has, amen? Uh, and so, so, uh, so why is there? Well, uh, we know where in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, down in verse 16, uh, the Lord said, and the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou shalt eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So why is there sickness and disease? Because of this, these two verses right here, right? Uh, and, and, you know, how many, how many of all the trees, how many did God name in the garden? How many had names? Which, which one was that one? Yeah, was there any other name tree? The tree of life, right? So you had the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Did the Lord tell Adam not to eat of the tree of life? No, he never told them he did. But did, did Adam eat of it? No, because later on, after Adam fell, the Lord said, well, let's get throw him out of the garden lest he eat of the tree of life uh, and remain in that condition that he's in. Uh, and so, you know, I always wondered, that, you know, why, didn't, why didn't he eat of the tree of life? There's only two trees named, right? Uh, and, and one's the knowledge of good and evil and one is the tree of life. And, and they, they gravitated to the, ones that, the only one they weren't supposed to eat from. How many trees do you reckon were in that garden? I mean, you look out right here, how many different trees we see. Well, you know, the garden was, had to have been better than even what we can see outside. 
eat of all those trees. Yeah, and you're, you're, you know, children are that way, right? Tell them you can do, play with any toy except for that one. What's the only one they want to play with? That one right there, right? Whatever that one is, that's the one they want to play, right? Because that's, that's the, the uh, uh, human nature, right? Curiosity uh, killed the cat, so to speak, and it, and it causes us difficulties when the Lord says don't do it. You know, we see that with, uh, with our friend Saul. You know, the Lord told him go and, and uh, destroy the, uh, I think it was the Amalekites, <clears throat> and, and kill everybody and burn everything. And, and they went and, and they didn't do it. They held back. They kept the good stuff. They even kept the king because they wanted to parade the king as a trophy. Uh, and, um, and Samuel comes up to, to Saul and says, Hey, how come you didn't do what the Lord said to do? And as he's saying this, there's a sheep in the background bleeding, right? You know, or, 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 you know, saying words, right? Going, bah, bah, right? <laughs> and, and Saul's like, we did. Bah, bah. And, and Samuel goes, what's that? What's that sound? And Samuel's just like, well, I don't know. Well, it wasn't me. You know, it, it acted like, you know, he didn't, because he knew what he did. They knew what they did. That's just human nature, right? And so there's just a, there, 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 you know, there's some aspect of, of having a free will that, uh, you know, we're so free sometimes that we don't want to use that free will uh, to yield to somebody who knows more than we know. We, we think we know more than the one who created us oftentimes. Uh, and, and so that's not, that's not a, a flaw that God built into it, but it's just the nature of having a free will that uh, it, has to, uh, it has to yield to one greater than it uh, if it's smart, right? And so the Lord... Uh, commanded them to uh, not eat of this tree, but told them in general it's okay to eat of any tree, including the tree of life. Uh, and uh, now my opinion is, this is my, my opinion, but uh, uh, we'll see where it goes from that. But, um, you know, if you look at when Jesus came, uh, in my opinion is that the tree of life was really uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it goes into a little bit of those things about um, when Jesus came, that he was exactly like Adam right up until the River Jordan when he received the Holy Spirit and then was, able, was empowered to do the will of God after that. Um, and, and, you know, if you have a different opinion, it's fine because you know, I don't have really any book, chapter, and verse for it. It just seems to fit with the whole, with the whole plan there. Uh, but, uh, but why didn't they eat of that? I don't know. Uh, you know, they, they gravitated to the very thing that the Lord told them not to do it, right? So... Uh, Adam disobeyed, uh, and because he disobeyed, then, then uh, disease and death came upon him. Uh, how did he die? Well, he had, he had to, desire, to die of some sickness and disease because, you know, when the Lord created the human body, was there any inherent flaw in the human body that would cause it to expire after a certain amount of time? No, the design of the human body, even today, uh, you know, if you ask uh, researchers, why do human beings die? Well, we, we see the symptoms of death approaching. You know, we get older, you know, we get a wrinkle, you know, different things and, and left to natural uh, devices without the power of God. You know, bones start becoming more brittle and, you know, muscles become more weak. Uh, those types of things. We see the natural progression of age in all of us. Uh, now, what I believe is, uh, you know, the word of God says uh, though the out man decay, the inward, inward man is renewed day by day. So there's nothing that, in the word of God that says that, uh, we, that we will not uh, progress in our age. You know, we're not going to look 20 years old when we're 80 years old. Amen. 
There's nothing in the Word of God that, that says that we can live that way. But the way that I see it is even though it's decaying, it's going to decay at a slower rate than we will live on this earth. Uh, so uh, if we live 120 years, then left to its own device, the body would decay to a point where it couldn't sustain itself past, you know, 180, 200 years, whatever it is, right? But he only promised 120 years old. So, um, uh, and, you know, I don't want to get too, too far down that particular path. But uh, the design of the human body was never to die. And doctors really don't know what causes the aging process, right? Uh, they don't know why do, why do these natural things, again, these are things just naturally observed. We're not confessing them. We're not believing that we're going to live in those things. But what the, from what the doctors explained to us, that uh, uh, people that uh, are not living in faith, naturally speaking, uh, things start to happen. Things start to decay, right? Things start getting uh, weaker and, and more brittle over the time. Uh, but they don't really know why. They don't really know. Because when they're young, when we're young, the bodies are regenerating all the time. Fine. If you have something wrong, it's easy to, to recover it, no problem. Uh, and then as, as uh, people get older uh, that aren't living in faith, uh, it's harder and harder for them to rebound from things, right? Uh, you know, uh, how many people do you know, they fall when they're you know, 90 years old and break a hip, and then that's it. They die after that. Like, well, they just broke a hip. Why, why do they die? Because of the complications that... Uh, result from that but if they were 20 years old and fell number one they wouldn't break a hip number two if something did break they'd recover pretty quickly well why is that well they don't really know why well we know why because the lord said this is going to happen and, and what happened was adam opened up the door to the devil to come into the world uh, with authority and he started manipulating things started causing things to decay started causing the sickness and disease and and so uh, sin and sickness go together and she said they go together like Siamese twins I don't know if it's a if that's a um, uh, a bigoted thing to say or not you know uh, but um, that's what it is that's what she said right and so uh, but it, it was all due to the root cause of disobedience amen so what would happen to us if we were fully obedient well surely we could stay off all of the sickness and disease right if one act of disobedience caused all, I mean, this was one act, right? One simple re rebellious act in the book of Genesis brought all sickness and disease into the world. How, how much of the blessings of God could you uh, maintain in your life if you were perfectly obedient? Well, you could live in the perfect blessings of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so, so, so she just wanted to just take the time in that particular chapter to uh, kind of brag on the design of the human body and it really is a good design. And, and doctors, you know, it, it would not surprise me if they figure it out. If they figure out, okay, you know, the, this is the decaying process. And if we just take this one pill, it'll, it'll reverse that, right? It'll, it'll, it'll stay that off. Uh, because, uh, you know, people are smart and they figure things out. Uh, but even as, a, as of yet, they still have not figured out how to extend the life of the body even past 120 years. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, um, no person who's ever lived uh, if they get the, close to 120, it might be 120, 122 years old. But nobody's, they have no record of anybody living for 130 years, for example. Not in modern time anyway. Uh, and so, um, and that's really the cap that the Lord put on, on human beings in, in um, um, Genesis chapter 6. And, and I've heard some people believe that, uh, that that's not really a limit. Uh, but I've not heard what the biblical foundation for that is, right? And so maybe I need to do some more research to find out why they believe that we could extend our lives beyond 120 years. Uh, I don't, you know, me personally, I don't know that we can. Uh, I don't know that I'd want to, you know. I mean, I, after 120 years of dealing with, uh, you know, the, the world, 
I think I'd be ready to go home, you know, and be with the Lord. I, I do know that, uh, you know, the more you get to know the Lord, the, the more the longing to see Him and be with Him is, right? And, and, and that's not just because we get old and get closer to the grave. It's just because we get, we, we get older and we've experienced Him after all these years. And, and it's just like being with a friend. You just want to be with Him all the time. And, and that's really what happened to Enoch, right? In the Old Testament, he, was, he, he walked with God and, and then one day he just wasn't, right? He got so close to the Lord, he just stayed over there. Uh, and so, well, let's, let's answer some questions you want to for, the, for this particular chapter here. Uh, so we've got uh, a few questions uh, from this chapter here um, and of course none of these are really hard questions right but uh, if you've got a healing school you've got to have questions right um, nice thing about our, our test is they're open book and no, no grading so, um, so question number one is what is the instruction book for our bodies the Bible, right? And, and, of course, we don't say that kind of in a flippant way. That really, if you want to learn how your body operates, go find out what the Word of God says. If you want to learn how to, to keep your body in perfect shape, uh, find out what the, what the Word of God says. You know, a lot of times uh, in, in our lives, we like to, to say that we depend upon the Word of God plus our own intelligence, right? And so, you know, well, we've got to do the Word of God, but, you know, you still got to drink uh, eight ounces, eight, eight ounce, eight, eight ounce glasses of water every day, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, we believe in the Word of God. You've got to do the Word of God, but you also got to walk at least 10,000 steps every day, right? Well, you know, we believe in the Word of God and the power of God, but, you know, you still got to eat, you know, uh, vegetables from, you know, uh, or, only organic vegetables, right? Um, and, um, uh, you know, and I don't have a problem with doing any of those things. I do many of those things. But my faith is in none of those things. I do those things because I like doing those things. But my faith is only in the Word of God. My faith is not in the Word of God and my natural habits. Amen? My natural habits are not part of my faith structure. Amen? Uh, and, and anything wrong with doing those things? Nothing wrong with doing those things. But um, where is your faith? Our faith can only be in the Word of God. Amen? We, we should not have faith. Uh, in fact, Paul talked about that. We should not trust in ourselves. If you think that your 10,000 steps a day is what's keeping you healthy, then who are you trusting in? Trusting in yourself, right? Uh, and so, uh, anything wrong with walking 10,000 steps a day? No, but who came up with that number? I mean, why not 9,000? Why not 11,000? Why not 10,036? Why not, you know, 8,342.5? I mean, you know, who came up with the number? You know, it's not a number. It's just a number, right? Uh, and uh, anything wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with it. But my faith is not in those things. I, I do not think, well, if I walk the 10,000 steps a day, I just added a week to my life. I never think that. I never, I never think that if I do this, my life is extended. Uh, if I do this natural thing, my life is extended. I never, I never have that thought. My thoughts are my natural life will extend uh, because I'm going to live my life. If the Lord says, hey, you need to walk more, then I'll walk more. If the Lord says, hey, you need to drink more water, then I'll drink more water. If the Lord says, you need to eat this or that more, then, then I'll eat this or that more. Uh, or this or that less, right? Uh, and so, because my faith is in Him. My faith is in the Word of God, amen? So, just be careful, you know, uh, and, and that, I know that statement has, has been some, has provided some contention in healing school over the years, some, but, um, I mean, how can you argue with, let's, let's have our faith in the Word of God only? Is that is any reason to argue that? Well, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, you can argue, but I, I, I can't, I can't hook up with, yeah, but you've got to do these things in addition to that. You know, you've got to use wisdom. Don't you? I always love that. You've got to use wisdom. Well, wisdom is found in the Word of God, right? Uh, and so wisdom, I mean, there is wisdom if the Lord tells you your particular body, you know, 
can't produce enough potassium, so eat a banana every day. Well, that's fine, right? I mean, if the Lord tells you to do that, do that. But could you believe God to where you don't have to eat that banana every day? Well, I believe you could to get healed of that limitation of your particular body because our bodies, you know, our bodies are not created by God. God created Adam's Eve body, but our bodies are, are inherited from our parents, amen? And left unchecked, it's going gonna, it's gonna to carry along with it any limitations maybe that our, that our parents had. And we can overcome that by faith and get to where our bodies are not limited by, um, by the inheritance of, our, of the DNA from our parents. But it is what it is, right? Uh, if, if uh, you know, some people's bodies are just, they can't handle certain things or certain foods, right? Some people are allergic to, uh, I've got a friend of mine who's deathly allergic to peanuts. Uh, well, where did he get that from? Well, the Lord didn't create that, right? It's just a, it's a failure in the physical bodies that are here in this natural world, uh, in this fallen world, uh, and so, and you know, and maybe I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse there, but uh, uh, but but my faith is in the Word of God, Amen. I have no faith in anything else at all, right? And I do a lot of things. I'm you know I consider myself a fairly active person. I like doing things. I like hiking and, and um, doing sports and doing outdoors outdoorsy types of things, yeah, and um, and I know that you know certain things that uh, you can prepare so. I, I know we just had some family members just go to uh, base camp Mount Everest, right? Well, you know, if you're going to do that, you probably should train, right? Because you've got to be prepared for high altitude breathing. You've got to be trained for hiking a gazillion miles a day, uphill both ways, right? Uh, and, um, you know, so there's training that you can do that would, that would prepare you to do that. You know, I don't know that it would be wise to sit on a couch for six years and then, then run to Mount Everest, right? So, you know, there's... Uh, but that, but my faith for healing is not in that. And but if I'm going to do this event, just like if I'm going to uh, go become an engineer, I need to study and take tests, right? And so, you know, that's fine. So we're not saying don't ever do anything, because people will like to take things that are said and and make them um, uh, become extreme about them. Uh, but our instruction book is the Bible. Amen. That's my faith is in the Word of God only, not in myself, not in my my good habits. Uh, because, you know, uh, and I'll say this one other thing, uh, you know, we keep going back to it, but, you know, I've heard people say that you have to eat, and cer- eat certain kinds of food to stay healthy. But the problem with that statement that I have is, well, that's great if you can afford to buy that kind of food, right? What about the poor people around the world who can't buy organic food, you know, sourced from the mountains of Italy? Uh, you know, what are, the, are they stuck? Uh, it seems kind of unfair that that you have a natural advantage because you have access to these things and the financial means to purchase those things. But, you know, even the guy across the street uh, that's on welfare, you know, he can't go down and buy, you know, the $6 uh, gallon of milk. I guess maybe milk $6 a gallon now, right? For, it used to not be that expensive, but it's pretty high, right? Uh, but, you know, $10 gallon uh, uh, filtered milk, right? I mean, um, uh, can everybody afford that? Well, so, so then your healing is, de- is dependent on your financial well-being. And that just seems kind of odd that the Lord would distinguish between people of good finances and people who, who have poor finances, that the people of good finances have the ability to stay healthier. Uh, and uh, it, to me, faith is the great equalizer. Faith means all of us can have the promise of God, regardless of our current natural circumstances. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, anything wrong with any of those other things? I, I don't think there's a single thing wrong with it, right? You know, in my experience, better food tends to taste better. 
right? And so, you know, well, what do you buy? Well, then I buy better food, right? Uh, and, and um, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not going to say what I don't buy because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Well, I don't buy that. You know, well, I buy that, you know. Uh, see, so I'm not going to pick out anything in particular. If you like, okay, I do buy good peanut butter. You know, I do, I do like, I like the good peanut butter. And, and um, you know, I buy, the, I buy the yellow brand. You know, when I first got married, my wife would send me to the, to the grocery store and I'd buy all the yellow brand, you know, all the yellow stickers. Uh, not because uh, of any reason other than it was cheap, right? And, and, uh, and I thought, well, if I buy this, I'll get fired from this job. And I did. She fired me. You're fired. You know, you're no longer allowed to go and, per- and pick out groceries on your own. You know, now you need to have adult supervision. Uh, and so, so that's fine, right? Uh, so anyway, um, are we okay? Everything all right? We're all good, right? Uh, amen. Uh, and so uh, question number two is, what's, what is still the best camera in the world? Our eyes, right? And, uh, you know, in a, general, in a general sense, that is still 100% true today, even with all the advancements of cameras. Now, they got certain cameras that can take a million frames a second uh, photographs. That's great. But they can't take a picture of a sunset, you know. They got some cameras that can look out, you know, a billion uh, light years in the universe. But they couldn't tell you what's on this printed page right here, right? And so, you know, the eyes in general are, are, are a lot more advanced uh, than... Um, they know these cameras, you know, and you, and you can't really bolt all these cameras together and make one giant camera to do everything. Uh, so a- anyway, the, the Lord did a good job when he built when he built our eyes. Right. Uh, number three is if we if we it says uh, if we if we care, I guess it's if we are Christians, uh, who does our body belong to? God. Belongs to the, to the Lord. Right. Uh, and why is that? Because he purchased it. Right. He paid money and he paid for it. But then we still have to accept that, right? So, he, so he's not paying for it and purchasing our bodies without our input. He, he laid the, the money down. Uh, if you will let me, I will buy your body from you. Just like you've seen these uh, billboards, we buy houses, right? Well, they can't just go by and say, I'm, I just bought your house. What do you mean? I didn't sell it. It's, it doesn't matter. I bought your house anyway. You can't do that, right? Uh, I've got a deed that says it belongs to me. Uh, so the Lord, you know, he just has a billboard. We buy houses, right? Uh, uh, whatever, whatever the cost, we buy them. Uh, and we, we buy bodies. And we, we paid for them. And if you'll accept it, you know, he'll, he'll make the transaction. What's price? Top price, right? Uh, always the best price uh, that he paid for our bodies, which is the blood of Jesus. Amen? Uh, and so our body. So if it belongs to the Lord, then who, is, who has the ultimate responsibility for, for uh, the repairs on our bodies? The Lord is, right? Uh, and who's ultimately responsible for making sure it's, it's running well, right? I mean, there's things that we have to do. We've got to put clothes on it. We've got to wash it. You know, I would encourage you to do both of those things on occasion. Uh, but um, as far as who's responsible for maintaining it, right? The cost of maintaining it. Well, that's the Lord, right? So if there's any problems with, with you know, like I said, our, our bodies are, are a product of the DNA from our parents. So it wasn't created from heaven like our spirits were. It was created from the DNA from our parents, and that's been handed down for thousands of years. And so sometimes there's flaws in, the, in those, uh, uh, those bodies. Well, the Lord can go and say, well, I know, I know the heart that you got inherited from your parents. It is, you know, it's kind of about a 90% heart. It's not really a great heart, you know. Let's swap it out for a new one. And he'll give you a brand new heart, physically a brand new heart, right? And lots of uh, testimonies I've heard where they go back to the doctor and say, well, you've got a brand new heart. You know, who did that? Well, the Lord swapped it out for an upgrade, Amen. 
And so even if you've got something that's, that's less than ideal, in some organ or joints or muscles or whatever it is, um, if you've got something that's less than ideal, the Lord can swap it out. Amen. Now you have to execute that by faith. Uh, but uh, the Lord did that, right? Uh, and so uh, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the number, course, number four, but maybe we can figure out the answer to it. God and man are both made up of how many parts? Uh, what are the three parts that make up God? <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> it wasn't a trick question. I wasn't trying to trick anyone. Uh, if there are three parts that make up a God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, what's the three parts that make up man? Spiritual and body, right? So, you know, that's just the, kind of the way the Lord is. He likes things done kind of in an orderly way. He's made up of three parts. He thought he'd make up a man of three parts. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of doctrine. You know, a lot of people could take that and, and expound on that and come up with all kinds of numerology. I'm not really into that area of, of the Word of God, but um, three and three, it just sounds like something the Lord would do, right? Uh, and so question number five says, after finishing creation, God looked at it and said it was what? Very good, right? So not just good, but very good. Uh, and so if it was very good, then how much sickness and disease was in it? None. So at creation, there was no sickness and no disease in the world. Amen? There was no... Uh, in fact, there was a lot of things... Uh, that were really good, right? There was no conflict between animal, the animal kingdom and mankind, right? That we, uh, we, were, we were in charge of everything, had dominion, but we, we didn't have to fear anything, amen? There were no lions trying to eat us or snakes trying to bite us. Uh, everything was subject to us, and, and um, uh, it'll, be in a, it'll get back to that when we get a new heaven and a new earth. It'll be interesting to see how those things work. Uh, and, you know, there were so many things that were better back then, you know, if you look at the distinction between the natural realm and the spirit realm, uh, when Adam was on the earth, you know, the Bible says that the Lord would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. So, uh, you know, the, the Lord would talk to Adam and Eve, right? He, he talked to them. Nobody seemed to make a big deal about it, right? A snake was talking to him. A serpent was talking to him. Nobody seemed to make a big deal about it. You know, I mean, uh, uh, when, when the serpent said, you know, to Eve, hath God said... You know, if it had been me there, he was like, wait, let's back up. We got to back up. You, what you're talking. Let's talk about you talking first before we answer the question about hath God said, right? Let's back it up a little bit here. And we needed to have a discussion about why are you talking? How do you, how do you have the ability to talk? Nobody asking that question, right? Uh, but uh, so things were, you know, pretty different back then. And uh, it was never intended for the Lord to be such a, uh, such a, a wide gap between us and the rest of creation and between us and the other realms, right? The spirit realm. Uh, it, it was all, the Lord created everything, didn't he? He, he never wanted all the separation that we have today. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you can get into a lot of weird mysticism and all those things, you know, that's not intended for that. Uh, we're not going to get to that point until we get a uh, new heaven and a new earth and all of those things. But, uh, but it'll, uh, I can guarantee you when, when we get a new heaven, new earth, and the Lord resets things back to the original design, that uh, we will see clearly in both the natural realm and the spirit realm and walk among all of creation with no fear. Uh, and will we be able to converse with everything? I mean, maybe we so. Of course, I'm pretty sure my dog tries to converse with me every day. But, uh, but um, and he's pretty smart for a dog. But, um, uh, but I don't actually talk to my dog now. Well, I do talk to my dog, but I don't really have an expectation. He answers me, right? You know, he said yes, you know. Uh, you know, because her, her grandmother over there, you know, she, you know, she has an entire conversation with the, 
uh, and, uh, uh, but um, we're going to leave all that one alone right there, right? And so, uh, <laughs> but it was very good back then, right? Uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Lord does that. Uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, we, are, we as human beings are still the top of the food chain, right? I walk with no fear, you know, I'm not afraid of bugs, I'm not afraid of spiders, you know. Uh, a lot of even grown men are afraid of little bugs, you know, tiny little bugs, right? Well, you just stomp on them, right? And so uh, uh, I'm just, uh, uh, the Lord made me to have dominion over the earth. Uh, I intend to walk in that dominion, amen? Uh, and then the last question was, sin and what always go together? Sin and sickness always go together. And we see that even with uh, the, uh, the ministry of Jesus, how many different times did he tell someone, go and sin no more? lest a worse thing come upon you, right? So there, there were plenty of times when, uh, where sickness was a, dis, was a direct result of sin, right? That, is that always the case? Have we made a law that all sickness is caused to, to you committing some sin? No, you can't make that law, right? Some people will make that law, uh, but we can't make the law based on the evidence we have from the Word of God. The reason why is because this is a fallen world, right? There is sin in the world. The Bible says that even creation groans, uh, waiting for uh, the manifestation of the full redemption. Uh, well, why is it groaning? It's groaning under the weight of sin, right? And, and we're going to get a new heaven, and we're going to get a new earth, because anything that's touched by sin has to be removed. Uh, and so because of that, because it's a fallen world, and we live in a fallen world, we live with bodies that, that have the sin nature in them, things happen, right? Uh, and uh, the nice thing is, regardless of the, the root cause of it happening, we can always obtain victory over it amen if it's due to sin well then we can repent if it's due to just viruses and germs in the earth well then we can take authority over that amen uh, if it's due to us lack of faith we can go to the word of god and increase our faith you know so what it doesn't matter what the cause of the sickness or the, the, the disease is there is always a path out of it amen uh, and and we need to we need to be okay with that amen so some people think well if it's if it's sin i'm just going to you know, I sin, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to live with this, this sickness of my life. Well, that's just dumb, right? That's, that's, that is an unintelligent statement. Just repent and get out of the sin and allow the Lord to heal you. Amen? Amen. And so uh, many times, you know, the man born by four there in Luke chapter 5, the Lord said, Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. Uh, and, and so, uh, and then he healed him. Amen. So sometimes the, the sin can be a hindrance to healing and it has to be dealt with. But uh, if that was the case, did Jesus deal with it? He did. Then, then did the man receive healing? He did. Amen. So uh, from my perspective, it doesn't matter uh, what the root cause of it is. But the devil is really smart. He knows if he can get you into sin, he's got a doorway into your life. Right. And, and so that's why there's so much temptation and pressure on the earth to sin. Because he knows if he can cause you to commit an infraction against the Lord to sin and to do something that's against his will, then, like Paul said, neither give place to the devil. You've just given place to the devil, right? That word place there means license to the devil. You've just given him a license to operate in your, in your life because of your sin. Well, if you, if you repent of that sin, then you've removed that license for him to legally operate in your life. And so, so that's why they always go together, right? The, the sin that Adam and Eve committed in the garden brought all sickness and disease into the earth. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I'm sure that Adam and Eve uh, uh, in heaven, and, and, you know, my opinion is they made it heaven. Um, they, I wonder if they even like talking about that anymore. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I'm sure people are like, how dare you? I can't believe you did that, you know. 
And I would encourage you, don't ever have that opinion because what would you have done? What would you have done in that? It was a snake talking to you? I mean, it's got to be God. I mean, it's talking to me, right? I mean, I don't know, you know, but uh, I, I don't ever point my finger at somebody. Well, I would never do that. That, that, that will set you up for failure right there. Amen. So we'll come back and pick up uh, the next chapter next week. Um, and she's got some good, some good uh, uh, teaching in these uh, chapters in this last book here. So why don't we pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, that, that uh, you desire to heal us every single time. There's never an exception, Father. Uh, and, Lord, we understand that the root cause of all sickness originated with sin, but that's not the root cause of our individual sickness, Father. We have to discern from your word and by your spirit uh, if there is a root cause. And if there is, Father, we'll deal with it, and then, then we'll obtain the healing that we, we, we desire. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the goodness of your spirit, the goodness of your word, Father that we can live lives free from sickness and disease and divine health each and every day. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, we thank the Lord uh, for his word. Amen. The thing that I love about the word is it is available to everybody. Amen. There, there's, no, there's no person who, who is unqualified to receive the word of God. Amen. It doesn't require an education, doesn't require a degree, doesn't require a certain bank account, doesn't require a certain uh, last name or a certain country address. It's available to everybody. Amen. You know, we uh, come ahead, Mr. Jerry, and receive the offering. We did a, uh, a healing class for a church in Pakistan by, by remote, you know, uh, and I was at my house. They were all in Pakistan, about 200 people in Pakistan, and they were just as glad to receive the word of God, you know. It's not an American gospel, right? It's, it's a universal gospel to everybody, amen? And they're thrilled uh, for the message. And so maybe one of these days we'll get to go over there and visit them at their church. So uh, we'll see if that happens. Maybe the, the world will start spinning up again and we'll get to go do some traveling, right? So uh, anyway, praise God. Uh, well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week of Lord. And we'll see you next Sunday at Healing School, right?